What's up, NBA fans? Welcome to the Second Stringers NBA Podcast. This week, we're previewing the Southwest Division that includes the likes of the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Spurs, and the Dallas Mavericks, and of course, the mighty Houston Rockets. What's up, Sean? And we also had some exciting news. Jimmy Butler, what's your reaction to this? Hey, hey. Uh, you know, Alan, Jimmy Butler, he's not LeBron James, but... Hey, if the Clippers can get him right now, I'd be pretty stoked. Um, man, this all just happened today, Wednesday, September 19th, 2018. And man, we knew there, there was going to be a meeting with Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau and some of the other uh, front office guys in Minnesota, but we did not think that it was going to implode quite like this. Yeah, and be- but before we dive in, um, we got a lot to talk about there. So obviously the surprise there is that the Clippers were included on that list. Yeah. <laughs> They're the front runners, not just included. Right. Um, but let's let's take a deep dive in uh, in over by Greece, where uh, the Greek Basketball Federation president had some words for Giannis after he opted to not play in the Euro Basketball Cup uh, for his <laughs> homeland team. So I'm gonna try my hardest to pronounce this man's name, and I might <laughs> need some support. But Georgos Vasilakopoulos. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna get it. Is this? I'm, I honestly can't help you very much. But like, at first it sounded like really right. <laughs> and the end of it, <laughs> I got admit midway through Uh-oh. that through the trying to pronounce this last name, I kind of just gave up. I mean, this is like wa- sixteen letters, <laughs> seventeen yeah. letters. I want to start a segment where every week we have to do some sort of NBA related news it can be as small as <laughs> it needs to be where you have to just pronounce some absurd name <laughs> oh i would die man my self-confidence <laughs> would just be destroyed <laughs> but anyway what happened with this guy so i'm, I'm just gonna call him gv gv here um gv gv <laughs> insulted gianist um and he called him a leashed what sean what do you think Ooh. Giannis would be called if he was called a leashed? And then I'll tell you a hint. The second part of this uh-huh. insult is an animal. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's not much of a hint. <laughs> um, Let's see. What's popular in Greece? What's po- Oh, what animal, uh, I guess, would be considered yeah, an what insult? what animals are popular in Greece? Uh, they had a lot of horses, I think. I don't think that's it. Yeah. Mm. Take a wild guess. It, it can't just be a dog, right? It, no, it's not a dog, it, yeah, no, or else this dog. wouldn't really be much of a question. That's too yeah. too close to American culture. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a, a antelope. Okay, that, that's actually not too bad, I guess, <laughs> I Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually call him a leashed bear. Um, a leashed bear? And that's supposed to be an insult, but when I first read this headline, I thought it was a compliment, and then when I further read yeah. the, the story, it was like, oh, He's actually very unhappy, um, quite frankly, angry that Giannis decided not to play for uh, the national team in the Euro Basketball Cup here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd love to be called a bear. <laughs> like that—that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, a leashed bear. Yeah, well, hmm. yeah, he needs to work on his insults, or maybe he doesn't want to insult him too much in hopes that he'll come play in a future year. Yeah, so here's this compliment, just. Just spoken in a very angry, offensive tone. He can't hate him too much. He's angry, but he still loves him. Yeah. But let's dive in here with Jimmy Butler then. Jimmy Butler meeting with Tom Thibodeau um, and Scott Layden to 
to talk about the future of his team and the outcome there is he wants to get traded. Man, this is looking bad. Yeah. I've seen so many news re- news reports from various sources just like all over the place on this. Like some people are saying like, well, like ESPN's reporting now that the Clippers are like the favorite to land him. Other reports are saying the reason that he's leaving is because of Carl Anthony Towns. The other people are saying it's because he just wants max money and to be his own player. Like, it's just hard to, like, sift through all of this and really know, like, what the real story is here. So wh- what is your take on it, Al? What do, you, what do you think is, like, the true reason for this all falling apart? I'm not really – it's it's hard to, to really be sure what it is, but obviously everybody's got their theories, and I think the most prevailing theory was just the poor chemistry between him and Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Um I, th- I think Jimmy Butler maybe just didn't – maybe there was a, a bad mix of personalities in this locker room. Um, honestly, like the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't look very good in the playoffs last year. Uh, I mean, there could be another theory that maybe Jimmy Butler just wants more control of, over a team. Like he just doesn't want to share the ball with a bunch of guys and he would rather be the man. Or I think my personal theory is – he probably wants to go back to the Eastern Conference and have an easier ride through the playoffs. I think he maybe he probably misses that. Well, if that's the case, though, then why are the Clippers on this list? I don't believe that. I think that's part of the fake news. You think that's the part fake news? Part of the fake news media. No, you just don't want it. You just don't want it, man. You don't want to admit that this. if Jimmy Butler goes, then this Clippers-Lakers rivalry is on. This would be insane if Jimmy Butler goes to the Clippers, but I mean... So before we talk that, I kind of wanted to just so sort of to relay relay some more of those um, that theory that maybe there's a bad chemistry mix up, a, a bad mix of personalities in that locker room. So Andrew Wiggins' brother, upon the news coming out that Jimmy Butler requested a trade, actually retweeted that that tweet and quoted it on top of it with the words "Hallelujah." <laughs> <laughs> Dang, like. Yeah, the Wiggins must have some beef with Butler then, and Wiggins' brother kind of just made that known public to everybody now. Because at first we thought it was just between him and Carl Anthony Towns primarily, but it seems like Andrew Wiggins definitely is part of the reason why Butler doesn't like playing in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt it. I mean, he stole the ball from Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins would be the second (laughs) option on this team. Well, if he was a better player, then maybe he would still be the second option. And that's the truth there is without Jimmy Butler, I don't think this Timberwolves team has enough. Uh, granted, we don't know what they're getting back if he were to be traded. But I don't True. I, I, I find it a little I can't really see a scenario where this team gets better um, without Jimmy Butler no. unless they get Kristoff uh, Porzingis back. But that's not going to happen. Oh, that's not. Yeah, there's no way they're they're. If they trade him, they're looking to build towards a future good team. Like, they're not going to be competing this year. Yeah, and I think, but if I'm the Timberwolves, though, you're you're so close to training camp now, I think you just got to hold off. There's no way you probably uh, fire off a trade before the season starts. And if you do, you probably aren't going to get much back. Um, so No, but that's, that's part of the pressure, though, is Jimmy Butler can say, I'm just not going to show up. That's true. You know? And it's like, you better trade me before training camp or else whoever you bring in to trade with me is not going to have any time to mesh with these guys. Like, you want your team set before training camp. And if Jimmy Butler is not going to cooperate, then you got to get him out of there as fast as you can. 
Yeah, I guess you'd have to you'd have, you're gonna have to make a bet here that uh, maybe through the season you can get a better offer, or you can maybe uh, ease the tensions a little bit less um, and convince Jimmy Butler to stay in Minnesota. Though ultimately. I'm not sure if that's going to happen because I'm pretty sure what Jimmy Butler wants is he wants that max contract that he could get. And I don't think Minnesota is ready to give him that um, come summertime. I mean, if I'm Minnesota, I think it's got to be Carl Anthony Towns, the man that gets paid here. And Jimmy Butler, the guy who ends up uh, taking less than he can. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, his, his contract expiring, too. And I'm sure that's pretty contingent on if Jimmy Butler is going to be their guy or if Cat's going to be their guy. If I'm sure Carl Anthony Towns doesn't like Jimmy Butler as much as Butler doesn't like Carl Anthony Towns. So at the end of the day, I think they're just going to have to choose between the two. And um, you're only going to get less the longer you wait, I think, because teams will know that the time's running out for them to trade Butler um, and they'll have to get rid of him for something or they're just going to lose him in free agency. Right. Um and I mean, yeah, and this probably has a lot to do with Carl Anthony Towns also, who's still waiting in the wings to get um, an extension offered from his rookie deal. Because, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, Timberwolves can't afford everybody. Can't. I'm sure they would love to give big paychecks to Wiggins, Towns, and uh, Jimmy Butler. But yeah. here's a little Snapchat of what happened um, last, last year without Jimmy Butler. So this team um, outscored their opponents by 10 points per 100 possessions with Butler in. Uh, when he's off, when he was off the court, injured or on the bench, this team was outscored by 1.3 points per 100 possessions. Um, basically, a statistic that was equal to what the Lakers had last year. Ouch. And the Lakers, as we know, were a lottery team. Uh, <laughs> and the Timberwolves ended up closing with a 10 and 13 record in the last 23 games that Butler missed. So if he's out, uh, so are the hopes that this team returns back to the playoffs this year. Yeah, and lost in all this is that if they get rid of Butler, the Timber Bulls cannot be complete. Yeah, that's a core almost, piece. It was so close. All they needed was Joakim Noah. Then now Butler's like, no, this is stupid. I can't believe this is a real NBA team right now. Yeah, I mean, you fight, you basically get the has been Timber Timber uh, Chicago Bulls on this squad as opposed to. Uh, well, I mean, Jimmy Butler was really the only uh, quality piece out of all those guys. Right, yeah, he he was the star of that team. Yeah, but more than anything but, here, I think the big surprise is obviously the list of teams that he wants, the Nets, the Knicks, mm-hmm. and the Clippers, who are apparently the Clippers. are the four front runners. <laughs> I can't believe how this just all completely turned in the Clippers' favor out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, this, this was not really a story, like, two days ago, and then you hear that he's going to meet with them. It's like, okay, I wonder, like, maybe they'll just figure it out. I don't really know. Now it's like, wow, this is serious. Like, he wants out of there badly. Like, I don't know what they said to him in that meeting. (laughs) Like, maybe they're like, hey, this is what we're going to do for our next move. We're going to keep this roster completely the same, (laughs) but we're going to add Joakim Noah to it. (laughs) Now he's like, okay, I'm gone. (laughs) Yeah, that was enough for him to just throw his hands up in the air and say, man, what's going on here? I'm done with this. Right. You know, you know why I think he's favoring the Clippers is because of Jerry West. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention that. And I think anybody, I don't think that's like a. Uh, it's not a hidden yeah, secret. Yeah, it's not a hidden anything. secret. Yeah. Nope. I, I mean, it, that's awesome. I mean, look at the pull he's having. Like, if Jerry West wasn't a part of the organization, there's no way the Clippers would be on this list. Yeah. Where you're talking about Doc Rivers, talking about Lawrence Frank, like. 
Jimmy Butler wouldn't care about those, but he sees a culture being built there that, I mean, the owner, the owner's awesome. The owner's Steve Ballmer, and he's as fired up as any other owner in the league, and he has the money to pay Jimmy Butler what he wants to be paid. And they also have the and, cap space to potentially yes, sign one yeah, more Max Steel player that, next they summer. Have max cap space. And then next year, they'll have another max cap space available to sign someone like hopefully Kawhi Leonard or Clay Thompson or some, right. one of these other star players. So I think this, I think the teams that he gave kind of feeds a little bit of my theory that he wants to be that dominant guard player on whatever team he's on. Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Clippers, who who would he compete against? Nobody. Uh, Avery Bradley. Yeah, the Knicks, obviously, they got Porzingis in the front court, but nobody in those wings really to. Uh, for Butler to share possessions with. So I, th- I I ultimately think that that's part of the reason also why. Um, but let's let's really just dive in and see what these teams even have to offer if these trades were to happen. So the Nets, to me, the big three valuable pieces that they can trade is probably D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dwindle, and Jared Allen. Uh, for the Knicks, mm. Ennis Cantor, Kevin Knox, uh, Fran- Frank Nick- Nicolakina, uh, for the Clippers, you got Tobias Harris, Patrick Beverly, um, Sebastian Thornwell. You got Bobin. I guess you also got Gallinari. Uh, they don't want Gallinari. I doubt it as well. <laughs> Milos. I don't think they want Milos. I think. I think they actually might want Avery Bradley. You think so? I th- I think they do. Uh, That's true. I think he brings a certain maturity to that team. Um, gives you the defense that you would have be losing in Butler leaving mm-hmm. so he, he fills a couple I mean he's obviously no, nowhere near the score Jimmy Butler is right um, but I think they would be interested in a package that included like Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris you would have to include Tobias Harris I think yeah no the way. expiring contracts really attractive plus he's a really good player so that that would still give them the chance to compete this year I think yeah um, I don't know I don't know if I'd want to give up him and Avery Bradley Maybe it's worth it. I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Timberwolves, I don't make a deal with the Clippers unless it includes Tobias Harris. Um, sure, and a yeah. Pick at least. Yeah, no, I'm saying I don't know if I want to give up both him and Avery Bradley to get Jimmy Butler. Right. I, I think I probably would at the end of the day, but since this situation seems so desperate, I feel like we could just get away with giving them Tobias Harris and maybe a, like a pick or maybe even like a – Gosh, what's his name? Wesley Johnson. <laughs> Maybe we can offload Wesley Johnson on them along with Tobias Harris, and they would just go for that. Yeah, you'd for Jimmy Butler. You would need another player uh, just to make salaries work. To make the salaries match, yeah, because Tobias is only making fourteen million. Mm-hmm. I think Wesley Johnson is making like six or seven million. I I don't really remember. <laughs> I I can't say off the top of my head, but I feel like that would help match it up pretty well. And we have too many players on our team, so if we can somehow swing a two or a three for one trade to get rid of some of these guys, I think that that's our ideal situation. Right, because the Clippers are in that spot where you guys just have way too many guards. And yeah, we brought on Baco. None of them are really any. The nobody Baco. really stands out of the, uh, stands out of the page like right yeah but if we get jimmy butler though man if we could man if there was a way to get jimmy butler without giving up tobias harris i would that's totally impossible. do it this team impossible. this team would be so awesome with a pat beverly jimmy butler tobias harris 
type of lineup like that's a good lineup that's a pretty good lineup yeah yeah i mean but let's look at it from the so we're look you looked at it from the clipper standpoint and i'm sure that's all i can really think about right now man i'm so excited i'm sure they would love to keep tobias harris and jimmy butler but ultimately i think they asked for harris but looking at it from the timberwolves perspective i think out of all these teams i wouldn't mind having a trade with the nets Get D'Angelo Russell really? or Spencer no. Dwindle or Jarrett no. Allen in a couple picks. Boo. Man, Boo. This... what are they going to do with Jarrett Allen? They have Carl Anthony Towns. What do they need a center for? You could swap him for somebody else. Or I honestly would probably go after D'Angelo Russell in this situation here. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, I'm... D'Angelo Russell is more of a two and Andrew Wiggins is a two. They're, they would not be able to play very well together. They... They'd both, they're both the same player. They're both shooters that aren't very good yet. Mm. Spen- Spencer Dwindle, maybe. Spencer Dwindle is a maybe. But, like, if I'm looking at all these pieces that you've put in these lists, Tobias Harris is the easy choice of who the Timberwolves would want. The thing is just Tobias Harris is on that expiring deal, and he's, I mean, expiring deal. He's probably going to want a pay raise next year and the Clippers picks aren't very that intriguing I think I'd take a pick from the Nets um, and take Spencer Dwindle or D'Angelo Russell in a trade for Jimmy Butler yeah that, that is what the, the Nets do have a lot of draft picks from all those bloated contracts yeah. they took on that that is a good point I mean and the Knicks aren't too bad here Kevin Knox or, or like a Frank Nicolatina um, I don't think they would trade Kevin Knox I think they like him too much right if I mean if the Knicks were willing to give that up in a pick. I would take that. I think if I'm the, if I'm the Timberwolves. Yeah. So I mean, so we've heard from the sources that like the Clippers are the favorite, and then I think the Knicks are the second favorite for Butler. Not that it really matters mm-hmm. what his favorite is. They're gonna trade him to whoever they can get the most out of. Like right. with the Kawhi situation. With Kawhi, he, they traded him to the Raptors. That wasn't even on his list, you know. <laughs> and so they're just gonna try to get the most that they can get from any team that. Um, is willing to trade with them. Right. And speaking of the Raptors, the Raptors could probably put something nice together here with OJ Anobi and some of these yeah, other guys. Yeah, maybe like Kyle. I feel like Kyle Lowry would have to be included right. in it somehow. Um, yeah, which would be really good for, for a team like the Wolves that just is rolling with Jeff Teague right now at point guard. Yeah, Kyle Lowry um, would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. So, man, <laughs> that would be pretty crazy if uh, the Raptors were able to land that. That would just be like what I want the Clippers to look like next year Mm -hmm. if they were able to get Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, but then the Raptors would have Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. That would be pretty sick. Right, and the the name of Boston Celtics was thrown around, but I don't think that's going to happen, so that's why I didn't even list it on here. Oh, man, yeah, Celtics. The Celtics are always in the talks just because they're so great, blah, blah, blah. They They have such good management, but... Yeah, so this is going to be exciting, though, because training camp starts next week. Mm-hmm. So we could see a move potentially by this weekend happen. I don't... Which would be huge. Yeah, it's possible. I don't... I, I it's wouldn't, very possible. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, yeah. This is like the Kyrie Irving of this year. That's true. It is. Yeah. yeah the Kyrie, Kyrie Irving did happen pretty like, late Because last, last year, year, last year we were talking about, like, they're not going to trade Kyrie Irving until after training camp and all that and that that ended up happening so this this could happen too yeah this could happen real quick and when we when we broke down who we think he could go to we we kind of after thought mentioned the celtics we were like well the celtics have the best assets yeah. <laughs> but they're a they're a rival we don't i don't i didn't think I it was know. likely 
And here we are again. The Celtics do oh, have man. them. It does make sense. They have the assets that I'm sure Timber, the Timberwolves would want. Sure, they wouldn't mind Jalen Brown or some of those picks that they got yeah, over there. That's or Terry true. Rozier. Oh, say it ain't so, man. <laughs> Celtics are already so good. They don't need anybody else. They don't. They really don't need Jimmy Butler unless they wanted an upgrade from Gordon Hayward or something. Yeah. We could speculate like this the entire episode if we wanted to, but I think I think that's where we can leave it for now. Yeah, let's go. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot more news that actually happened this past week. Right. Just a little tad bit here. Just we don't have to spend too much time on it, but the Clippers hired SI sports writer uh Lee Jenkins. Uh he's been a writer for a while here for Sports Illustrated. Um I think it's 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 very interesting, but at the end of the day right now it looks like Sports Illustrated got the bigger loss here uh, than an actual gain <laughs> for the Clippers because I'm not really sure what he's doing for the LA Clippers. Oh yeah. His title is really weird. I forget the name. It's like, it's like research like or something, di- right? Director of like, yeah, research and something. It's like a totally made up title just for him. Like personally, like it's not like a real job. Yeah. It looks but... like it was just a bundle of buzzword, a buzzwords just thrown together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Whatever loss it is for SI, we we gained a pretty good piece, a pretty good guy, um, well well respected in the sports community. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he's gonna do for us. I'm sure it'll come down to a lot of scouting and culture building within the organization, something like that. Um, just just they're just bringing in guys that know the sport of basketball. I think is what they're really trying to do. Yeah, for all we know, he probably could be out of this job in a year. <laughs> Yeah, it could take a few years. I mean, this guy is such a talented writer. I can't imagine that he wants to just stay with one team. I I feel like he'd want to branch out and get a taste of every team, you know? Right. Well, let's see let's see what what that transpires to, but another news also Mark Cuban in the NBA agreed that he'll donate 10 million dollars to various organizations to promote that promote women equality in the sports workplace and protect against domestic violence after a report came out with some some pretty disturbing details about the Mavericks war yeah. culture um, and sort of their treatment towards their women employees and that means this story also blew up as a result of what occurred last year when one of one of their employees was was arrested, right, or accused of sexual harassment by an employee, um, and the NBA launched a full time mm-hmm. investigation. Uh, this punishment kind of just seems like another just like slap on the wrist for Mark Cuban, who right. claims to have not known anything <laughs> about it. And I mean, he went on to the NBA on the NBA jump uh, with Rachel Nichols and spoke with her, um, and it was a very seemed like a very emotional. Uh, interview of course Rachel um, as a woman herself felt strongly about this and Mark Cuban was very uh how do you say he was he was apologizing apologetic for, yeah very yeah. apologetic about everything I mean he seemed believable but at the same time everything that about this does not seem uh it just seems fishy to me I mean what 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 he's not gonna come on and like right. say Oh yeah, like whatever. I'll just throw money at the problem. I don't give a crap about women. Yeah, like you can't say that. True, true. But yeah, I totally agree with you that, like, to a lot of people, ten million dollars might seem like a lot of money, but this is a man that his net worth is three point nine billion dollars. Yeah. So that's like the equivalent of Draymond Green getting a technical foul in a game. <laughs> like this, that is almost what the equivalent of this is for Mark Cuban's fining. Because he's just such a rich guy, 
So, I mean, $10 million is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think that's going to go a really long way to helping these organizations do what they need to do to get, like, get all, like, reach their goals, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, whether I buy it or not, like, it seems like the Mavericks organization is cleaning up their culture. Um, they're, they're gonna have a woman CEO moving forward. I think that she's already been in place for a little while now and they have one of the most diverse, um, employee workforces in the league right now. So they're definitely taking steps in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those are good directions. I guess for more, for me, I'm just kind of like a little disappointed that something like this actually happened in the NBA. I know a league that tries to pride itself in being progressive and at the forefront and promoting their diversity. But at the end, I mean, yeah, $10 million should help out these nonprofits. But uh, I would have wished to seen, I mean, make it $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, though. I was like, does more money help? I don't that's really true know. true, too. Like, I think this is just something over time we're just going to, like, we're not going to be able to just forgive it now. Yeah. Like, if we continue to see, like, you just speak through your actions, you know? It's like anything else. Right. Like, you can say you're sorry, but, like, you have to show me through your actions. And this is something we're just going to have to be patient with and hope that it's going in the right direction. Yeah, it's a little surprising that just not that long ago, uh, Donald Sterling, I mean, made some disturbing racist comments, and he was really forced out of this league, and... Mark Cuban mm-hmm. kind of, I think, saved himself, got lucky a little bit here that the NBA uh, didn't come together and do the same thing to him. Right, yeah. That's that's true. Yeah, Donald Sterling, man, that guy was <laughs> that guy was a dog, man. He, he was awful. Right, but uh, moving on from there, how about to some little brighter news? Uh, Dwayne Wade returning back for one last season with the Miami Heat. He's coming back. Um, the thing from my perspective, though, I don't really think this team needs him back for basketball reasons they don't need him but the, it's just like I mean, a, it's a farewell tour man it is this is like a a renaissance of sorts you know like you just you're just gonna go along for the ride you come in for a few games here and there and just you know do your Dwayne wade thing yeah true yeah, yeah i mean but i mean for the most part i mean compared to the kobe situation i mean the lakers were playing for absolutely nothing i mean even with or without kobe that team was gonna cap out at like 28 (laughs) wins like (laughs) whereas this miami has a legitimate chance i mean they are a legitimate playoff uh team like in the eastern conference no they'll be like a fifth or sixth seed probably yeah so it's gonna be hard for eric spolster to do Dwayne wade the favor of throwing him in there um, when the games are close, when they're going to need as many wins as they can to get themselves uh, probably into the seventh or the eighth seed, I think, is where oh, this team yeah, camps even out. lower. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what do you think Dwayne Wade's mindset's going to be going into this season? Do you think it's just going to be like, I don't really care, like, how I'm doing or, like, how competitive I am. I'm just here to enjoy the ride. Or is he actually going to try to contribute to this team and try to be in as good a shape as he can be? I mean, I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to go in there and, and compete and get in good shape. I just think the reality of the situation is this is a Miami Heat team that has a bunch of guards on their team. Pretty <laughs> yeah. decent guards. Nobody's great, but they're good enough. Uh, you got Deion Waiters, Tyler Johnson, Wayne Ellington, Goran Dragic, and I'm going to go with this guy, Magruder. Maybe he won't play. Who the um, hell is Magruder? <laughs> Who's that? He's, a- he's not getting minutes over Dwayne Wade. 
Possibly, possibly. No. I mean, this who, is. A, who, do you even know this guy's first name? I don't know his nasty. Yeah, <laughs> but I know he's got fresh legs, and I know he's not thirty-five no, years old. And doesn't matter, with a man. Plethora of not, injuries behind him. This random nobody's not gonna get any minutes over Dwayne Wade, but the other four will for sure. And that, yeah, I'm not gonna try to take away from your point. I just don't know why you added that guy in at the end. Seems kind of disrespectful to me. <laughs> maybe it's disrespectful but i'm just trying to be real here and i mean no that's not th- this miami real, heat dude. team has goals and Dwayne wade's not gonna go out there and average 20 points again or even i don't even think he can average 12 points well, he's anymore. not even gonna average 20 minutes so uh, yeah you can't expect him to average anything yeah but that's my tidbit on that on Dwayne wade welcome back to the nba but I don't really think his farewell tour is going to go as nicely as maybe he wants it to, or maybe he that's not what he wants at all, and he just wants just one last opportunity to be be in the NBA. I think he just wanted one full year back with the Heat. Like, last year was weird with being on the Cavs and whatnot, and I think he just wants one full year to be back with the team that he all started it with. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what about the 76ers hiring Elton Brand as their new general manager? This is way out of left field as well. That's weird. <laughs> so Elton Brand, his only real legitimate executive uh, experience is general manager of the Delaware G League team, who was there for one year. He was he only did it for one year. Um, he played for the 76ers. So all of a sudden, these mm-hmm. two are the biggest things that qualify him. Uh, for running this team during possibly one of their most exciting periods since Andre Iguodala and Allen Iverson were on the 76ers, I think. Yeah, so this guy is 39 years old right now. He was in the NBA not two years ago, and now he's the general manager of a team. That is, like, the most insane turnaround I've ever seen. Like, I don't think anyone's risen up from being a player to, like, head of like head of the front office like that ever yeah um i don't really know what more to add to this because i don't i'm surprised and stunned that this is who they ended up hiring but uh i mean this he ep- must have had one hell of an interview <laughs> yeah, like, he, there's something we don't know like, i think <laughs> he, he read the whole interviewing for dummies book <laughs> and just nailed it Right. Um, it could be that they maybe this is what they wanted. They kind of wanted somebody who's still in the process of learning that was willing to uh, take a lot of input from ownership and from Brett Brown or something. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, somebody that's not coming in with a very uh, established vision for what he wants to do and, and a way of of doing things the way they want. Uh, they probably wanted to bring in somebody they can mold, I'm guessing, like Elton Brand. So, hmm. Yeah, they don't really need him to do much. The team's pretty solid as it is, you think? Like, uh, they do need to sign probably, like, a max player because, I mean, they're trying to get LeBron James this year. Right. But, like, with Simmons and Embiid, they have, a lot, like, a large safety net to fall back on if he's not able to really accomplish anything in free agency for them next year. Right, if Elton Brand just sat around and did nothing until the summer <laughs> next summer, this team will be fine. <laughs> team would be fine, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, and true. Even, and even next summer, if all he wanted to do is just call five guys, fill up the cap, uh, he'd be fine too. As long as him, right. Bede and Ben Simmons are still on this roster, they'd be okay. Yeah, 
He he's probably the youngest GM in the league right now. I would think too at thirty nine years old. Um, I think so. Yeah, like he must be. I don't think you could be any younger. Like it takes a. It usually takes quite a bit of climbing up the ranks to get to be the GM of an NBA team. Yeah, you so. would think he would first start off as assistant GM. Right. Maybe yeah. test the I waters mean, I guess there. he must have done a great job with the G League team that like I mean, we're completely unaware of like what he actually did for them, but he must have done a really good job. Right. Uh I have no idea, but playing on the 76ers as well Zahiri Zahiri Smith. This is Zaire. Zaire Smith. Zaire, yeah. Continues that injury trend for the 76ers who's not expected to return until Christmas time. Bummer. Yeah, maybe he should just sit out the whole year and be rookie of the year next year. Yeah, just continue <laughs> that trend for the 76ers. Yeah. <laughs> this is insane, man. Like, the, the originally he was supposed to come back after like a month of the regular season. Now it just seems like it's getting extended again. It's just not a good sign for him. Not a good sign for the 76ers uh, training staff is what I keep saying. That's what all yep. this. There's no curse. It's just a bad training staff <laughs> you have. How many times does this have to happen before they have a complete overhaul of that? <laughs> no idea. But apparently, David Fisdale seems to think that people can, that men can still grow even after their 20th birthday or their, or, well, I guess technically we could still continue to grow through teenage. But yeah, you can still grow after your 20th birthday, as Frank Nicolatina, he claims, has grown an inch and a half this year. Yeah, now standing at six foot seven, which is that's rivaling Luka Doncic. That's rivaling Lonzo Ball in terms of height for a point guard. Um, and he's pretty, um, he's pretty set on Neil Akina being able to guard any position from one to four going into the season. Uh, a lot of praise for this young man who hasn't really proven anything. The the young point guard from France. That's um it, it's promising though like six foot sevens that's a really good height to be in the NBA right now right as a point guard yeah that's that's great um I'm just kind of like how how is it that this is happening I thought we all just stopped growing you know by the time you're 19 or 18 I didn't you know, <laughs> I didn't realize there was like the, a third growth spurt that hits you <laughs> at 20 and yeah, 21 that that is really weird but i mean i guess i guess us normal people just we stopped growing when we were 15 yeah maybe there's <laughs> we, it's in the new yeah. york water or I've, something i guess yeah i guess so i was 5 foot 6 when i was when i when i got my license my sophomore year of high school and i now i'm 5 8 and i don't think i've grown since i be turned 18 <laughs> i think that 18 i was 5 foot 8 and that that's really been it for me so this guy's just a gifted man. I guess so. So let's go into our and let's go into our Southwest Division previews here. Um, let's start off with the number well, who will potentially be the number one coming out of this division, and that's the Houston Rockets, who have added mm-hmm. quite uh, the bundle of characters to this team, including Michael Carter Williams, James Ennis, Bruno Capaculo. Is that how you would pronounce that, you think, Sean? Wow. I actually have no... I, <laughs> this is just on the list, man. <laughs> Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight, and um, Carmelo Anthony, possibly by subtraction? Yeah, if, yeah, if you want to call it an addition. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they drafted DeAnthony Melton, um, who was traded to the Phoenix Suns in that trade that included uh, Brandon Knight. Uh, what do you think about these additions, Sean? Um, They're not... Very good. 
honestly. I mean, the Marquis Chris Brandon Knight trade is the most intriguing out of all of these because Michael Carter right. Williams, he's he's not much. He had his time in the sun being the rookie of the year in Philadelphia. Um, after that, he's been a big nobody. James Ennis, he's a very minimal role player. I don't really know who Bruno is. <laughs> and yeah, Carmelo Anthony, I, you already know how I feel about Carmelo Anthony. I think he's just like a net negative on the floor right at this point in his career. Yeah. Um. So Brandon Knight, I just learned, uh, went underwent another, uh, another little treatment for his knee. So he's not fully healed yet. So I'm kind of worried about him actually contributing anything for a while, um, which means Chris Paul had better stay healthy. Um, Marquise Chris never really did much for the Suns in his tenure there. I'm um, only there for a few years, but if. If there are any one of these additions that is going to contribute, it's going to be Marquise Chris. Um, they lost Ryan Anderson in the trade, and so they're lacking a little bit in size, and, and he's a guy that can play that stretch four, um, can run the floor really well. Uh, he's young and athletic, and that's that's really what he's got going for him. So out of all these guys, that's the one that's looking like the best contributor. You're doubting Brandon Knight. I think to me, I Brandon am. Knight is the better player on paper here. Um, but he has had his history of just not being able to be on the floor the last couple of years. Um, I mean, he'll, mm-hmm. they definitely, I'm sure the Rockets want him to suit up be at, in order to have that, that, uh, safe of mind that, uh, he's their insurance policy of Chris Paul. Cause he's going to come down at some point this season. But I think looking at the departures here, losing Trevor Ariza and Oof. Luca Bob- Mabamonte. Mm-hmm that's big that's big that's big yeah that's that's their best defensive players gone mm-hmm. and you could argue Chris Paul is a really good defender too but as far as guarding multiple positions the reason Mute were the guys yeah and you and you bring in Carmelo Anthony and Marquise Chris to replace that that is a big downgrade in my opinion right but I think uh, at the end of the, the end of the day of this summer at least the Rockets can give themselves a little pat for at least keeping Clint Capella because it looked like things were getting a little bit rough there. Right, yeah. Able to get him for like quite a discount too, a four-year $80 million deal, like a, a $20 million deal for a guy like that. Um, in the NBA cap space world we live in these days, like that's a great bargain for them. That's going to go a long way to helping their cap space uh, for years to come. Right, and... I mean, with Carmelo Anthony on this roster, I mean, you look at the guys he came in with in that draft. You, Kyle Korver's still out there. Uh, Dwayne Wade is barely hanging on, I think, and he, we'll see how he does this season. LeBron James is just abnormal, so he's an anomaly, so yeah, we can't talk yeah. about him. I mean, all signs point that I don't think Carmelo Anthony's going to have that successful of a season, man. I think he's he's also on, on his last legs here. Um so I think it's going, to, it's going to be on him to see if he can surprise a lot of us doubters and um, and salvage himself a successful season and make another trip to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and like we talked about this before, I remember. or No, I was talking about this with someone else where like Carmelo Anthony is not going to be the reason this team makes it to the Western Conference Finals again. No. But can he be playoff clutch is the question. Like, he has the star power, and obviously we remember the Rockets' woes in Game 7 when they went 
like 27 straight misses from the three point line. You could argue Carmelo Anthony would never let that happen. Um, just cause he has that, that shooter shooters mentality. I think that would be able to get them out of that slump. But as far as helping them out through the course of a season, I just can't see it happening. And this is a guy that they're probably going to end up starting to start the season. And I just, I, I can't, I can't, man. I just, I don't see him doing well. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, the shooter's mentality and, and all of that, I mean, I get it. But at the end of the day, I mean, look at that OKC series. I mean, they were down in the dumps against Utah. Were they down like 25? And, and yeah. uh, Billy Donovan takes out Carmelo Anthony, um, inserts Grant, and all of a sudden that Thunder team makes a comeback and they're back in that game. <laughs> I'm um, with Carmelo Anthony on the bench the whole time, and he was clamoring that he wanted to get back in there and fit and close the game. But I mean, everybody recognized it that he was a liability out there for them, and mm-hmm. it's possible. We'll very likely, I think, we're going to see that same thing with this Houston Rockets team when they're, uh, you know, playing against possibly the Thunder again in the playoffs. They might meet or. Uh, the Warriors or the Utah Jazz or any of these really uh, hungry yeah, any, good teams, yeah, Western so teams. Many, so many good Western teams. But at the end of the day, you got to look at the starting lineup and you you have your big guns. You right. have Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella. Those three playing together are unstoppable. Right. Like it, it almost doesn't matter who, all, who the other two guys are on the floor because these core three guys are just so much better than – pretty much every team except the Warriors. Um, like, they're just... They're going to be able to cruise through a lot of games just relying on them alone. Yeah. Of course, the X factor to back that up is going to be health, whether or not they can yep. <laughs> they can keep uh, Chris Paul healthy throughout the whole season, and if not the whole season, at least the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it doesn't... Like, they can get to the playoffs if he misses 20, 30 games. But if he's out for any stretch in the playoffs, this this team is done for. Right. They're so shallow. I mean, after Chris Paul, you have Brendan Knight. And when your insurance policy needs an insurance policy, (laughs) I love that saying. Like, it's just not not good. Like, Brendan Knight isn't even healthy to start the season. That's such a bad omen. Right. And, like, who else is going to play point guard for this team? Like Michael Carter-Williams, baby. Rookie of the year. Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, like... First team all rookie. It, it could get ugly really quick if any of those core three guys sustain an injury. Right. Uh, at the And, yeah, looking at what the Houston Rockets returned this year, I mean, considering they won 65 games last year, pushed it to game seven of the Western Conference Finals, went out the way they did, and lost these key pieces, I got them trending down. I got them at mm-hmm. 58 wins, I'm going to go. 58. I'll give them 60 still because... Just for the no. sake of if they stay healthy all season, I can see 60 wins. Um, still still trending down, of course. That 65-win total they hit last year was just remarkable. Like, they were playing so well. Yeah. But, yeah, you're, you're missing some of your key guys, and I think that equates to a few extra losses. Right. But that still will be in contention for the one seed. Um, it could be anywhere between one and three, though. I could see that being the case. Right. I mean, we could see the Warriors actually win probably be the only team hit that 60 win mark in the west 
That's true. Even without uh, a real center, I think they still have the most powerful starting lineup in all of basketball. Yeah, I almost still think that even me giving them 58 seems a little bit generous. But I'm going to go with that. It, no, I I think if you have Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, it's not generous. That Those three are just so good. Like, especially playing together. I, I can totally see 60 wins as a possibility. 58 wins. Okay. What about the San Antonio Spurs now also in the Southwest? Potentially the, the second best team to come out of this um, division. Yeah, I mean... All right, this here's here we go. Here we go. You, I know you. You do not like the Spurs. I, I I'm just gonna put it out there right now. I think the Spurs are better this year than they were last year. And last year they were a playoff team. So where does that put them this year in the playoffs again? I don't know, man. I have my doubts. But let's see. Let's right, see. Well, what hey, what were they up to this off season? Yeah. Let let me let me see if I can convince you. Uh, while I was we break down what what went down this off season. Okay. So they added a few pieces. Marco Bellinelli, uh, a decent veteran shooter who had played for the Spurs in previous years. Uh, a guy named Dante Cunningham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Demar Derozan, the big one. Okay. Good. Of course. Jakob Poerl. Very good as well. Good reserve big man behind Pau Gasol. Aging Pau Gasol. Going to need some minutes spelled here and there. Um, they drafted two guys, one of which who I think is actually going to make the roster. At 18, they drafted Loney Walker the fourth. Um, the six-foot-four guard. Um, good athlete. And um, the Spurs are really good at drafting players. So I, I don't know much about this guy, but I have a lot of faith that he can really start to um, make his draft stock look like he was a steal. We're at 49. Uh, oh, yeah, 49. Who's this guy? <laughs> Shimizu to... Metu. <laughs> Shimizu? <laughs> this just sounds like the type of guy uh, that San Antonio Spurs would love to draft and develop. Yeah, right. <laughs> the next, the next uh, foreign star. Right. Um, but yes, anyway, departures, we're looking at Manu Ginobili, who retired, Tony Parker, who went to the Hornets. Uh, um, I mean, he's, he's getting old. He wasn't going to get many minutes anyways. Right. Um, Kawhi Leonard, who might as well have left last year. Um, Danny Green was a kind of a hard loss for them. And then Joff Luther Verne and Kyle Anderson, uh, who went to the Grizzlies. So this is crazy because four of these guys were part of that last championship team and now they're just gone right. in one season. Yeah, a dynasty just coming to an end right there. Right. Um, they were able to keep Bertans, uh, Brian Forbes, and Rudy Gay on contract. Um, and, and so their starting lineup now is looking like DeJounta Murray, point guard. Now Tony Parker's gone. He's going to have to really step into that starting role. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, of course, it's shooting guard. Rudy Gay, small forward. LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol. As the big man, this is a good lineup. Like, I don't think Rudy Gay is going to do very much in it. Mm-hmm. But between DeRozan and Aldridge, if they can figure out how to work together, and I think they really can, I don't think either is. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is probably more a selfish player than DeRozan, which I think works in their favor because DeRozan is a star that they brought in that's willing to do what it takes to win. He's a very loyal player to his organization and he's going to trust in whatever they ask him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they betray him like Toronto did. Um, so yeah, the, the small, the hole is that small forward with Kawhi gone. Cause you have Rudy Gay there and then not much else to back him up. 
Yeah. Um, but maybe there's a chance that DeMar DeRozan plays at small forward too. Um, and they can run a, uh, kind of a smaller lineup where they have Patty Mills at point guard and DeJounte Murray at shooting guard because he's pretty tall. He can still guard that shooting guard position really well. That's why it seems interesting that they they let them they let Kyle Anderson go. Um, he could have really filled in that backup role right there. And he was, right. he's, he's a solid player. Um, he can do a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really know why they got rid of Kyle he Anderson. He was a restricted free agent as well. They could have just easily matched that yeah, offer Yeah, they could have easily brought him back on. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe they know something we don't. Right. But, yeah, at the end of the day, the X factor we're looking at this team is DeJounta Murray. We know what we were getting with DeRozan, with Aldridge, with Gasol. With Rudy Gay, not very much, mm-hmm. but something. DeJounta Murray, man, he had to step into that starting role last year, and he really did not prove very much. He had some spurts. Um, he had some spurts, but you could tell that he was not anywhere near what Tony Parker was. And it's hard to say if he's ever going to become that, but this is his chance. Tony Parker's not even there anymore to back him up. Um, he's out there by himself. He's got a, he's got, he's a lone dog out there at point guard. He's got to prove himself. He doesn't have any veteran leadership to fall back on. Yeah. He's so yeah, this is your time. This is your time. Young man. Just, just let's get it started. Let's, let's prove these haters. Let's prove Alan wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And this team is a playoff team. I mean, everything about what you said is true to me. It's like, yeah, I know what I get with DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Marcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol. I'm guessing another year older is like. He's losing so much more um, from his productivity. I mean, he's getting closer to 40 now than he is to 35. <laughs> yeah, I know. I and know. LaMarcus Aldridge as well. And DeMar DeRozan, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, 28, he's still good. But, I mean, we know what we get from him. Uh, DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray here, if he can crack if he can crack that, like, that top 50 mark um, – and just get there and just really distribute that ball and really attack and, and lead this team well, then I could see the Spurs getting those extra wins that they need to just slightly um, outlean the rest of the teams and get into the playoffs. Possibly the seventh and eighth seed. I'm not going to go any higher than that. Um, I don't think this team gets to 50 wins. They got 47 last year. They're going to be around the same. I'm going to give them 46 wins this year. Uh, so trending slightly down. Yeah, you, you just can't give it to this him. This whole can team you? is slightly older, oh. except for DeRozan. He's a good piece. Um, I'm giving them in Murray's case. That's a good thing. True, true. I'm just not sure what I'm getting with him yet, because and I mean that's why you have him as the X factors. It looks like you can get a lot from him, but at the same time, it looks like you might get really nothing. And just like twenty percent of of the times, it's good stuff. But the the other eighty percent is just a little bit below average point guard play, or at least at the NBA yeah. level. I mean, I'm definitely least soul on him. But it's about to Pau Gasol getting older. You brought in a young guy in Jakob Pertl to back right, him up. Right, that's true. Yeah, so, Jacob yeah, is a good pickup. Yeah, like I think he'll get significant minutes on this team, and he he was really good for the Raptors last year. That's why I'm giving them forty six wins. No, that's why I'm giving them fifty. Fifty wins. They improved. They improved. They didn't have DeMar DeRozan last year. Now they have a star player. Kawhi Leonard wasn't even there last year. You can't even count that. I don't know about that many wins in this. This Western Conference got better. So not even the Portland Trailblazers, who were the third seed, got 50 wins last year. Yeah, I know. But I think this team is better than... They added an all-star. 
They added an all star. That's all you need. All right, all right. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my 46, and we'll see oh how this season plays out. I I will totally make a bet on on that. Here's who them getting more than 47. Here's who I think is actually the second best team of the Southwest Division. You disrespect the Pelicans. <laughs> so the Pelicans added one of my favorite players. Uh, at least I've been coming players mm. in the NBA. Jaleel Okafor? No, Julius Randle. <laughs> I think Julius Randle's so underrated. Oh. I think he's going to have a breakout year. And the Pelicans were able to get him on the cheap off the free agent market this year. Uh, this is a guy who averaged 16 points and 8 rebounds last year. And I think he's only going to get better from there. Uh, they also added Jaheel Okafor. I mean, not a big deal now. He's a former number two pick. Um, but... This is basically his last chance to play that to prove that he still belongs in the NBA, and I think he's gonna get uh, some a lot of playing time on this squad. And the other guy is Alfred Payton. Uh, after losing Rondo, Alfred Payton's the guy who's getting the keys at the point guard position. And in terms of departures, you obviously you lose Demarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, and Dante Cunningham, who makes his way to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I mean, Cousins, you lose another guy who was a first team All NBA. But obviously, there's doubts after tearing his Achilles. Uh, so you bring in a this duo of power forwards and Randall, Jahil Okafor, and Miratek, who you traded for last year, and see if these three can make something work here with Anthony Davis. In terms of drafts, with the 51st draft pick, they got Tony Carr, 6'5 guard out of Penn State. Um, that's the work in progress. See if he makes the roster. They'll probably keep him along, see what happens with him. But... Uh, more than anything, this team has a weakness at the three position. They they have Etwan Moore, who will probably start, but Etwan Moore, good defender, uh, not ver- not a very good shooter. Uh, so he's definitely the weak point here. But I think the X factor with this squad has got to be that front court with Randall, Miritic, and I'll put Jahil Okafor in there. See, maybe he has a chance to mm-hmm. resurrect his NBA career. But really, it's the chemistry between them two and Anthony Davis. Um, and if things go right, I think they have a chance to be the best front court in the NBA. Mm. Um, I mean, you got no. An- you got Anthony. I mean, no. you're already probably 50% of the way there just with Anthony Davis. Uh, no, I cannot. Who who do you think? I cannot. Who's competing? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's just no way that Anthony Davis plus Julius Randle's the best in the entire NBA. I mean, it's it's just it could be it's a combination of them three: Julius Randle, Miratek, and Anthony Davis. Who's got a better okay. three rotation okay, front court? This? What about Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap? That's pretty good, but they're missing the third guy. Why do they need a third guy? I mean, the three man front court rotation. <laughs> There's only two positions. I mean, but if you the rotation of Randall, Miritic, and Anthony Davis, I think it's the best three man rotation in the best three man front well, court rotation. Denver has um, who do they have backing up? Well, and, and, uh, it's Mason Plumley, I think. Either way, I take Anthony Davis all three over all three of those guys. Oh well, yeah, no, I mean, but like I'd take Paul Millsap over Julius Randall. I don't know, man. I think Ju- you wouldn't. I think current, I think current Julius Randle might surprise us. Uh not yet. Nah, not yet. Definitely not. I yet. mean, Paul Millsap is like there now. Okay, Paul- and Randall's like getting there. Yeah, but still, Randall and Miratek are both better than Mason Plumley. Yeah, they are. Okay, so I guess agree uh, to disagree. Jokic. Jokic is so good, though. Yeah, but he's not Anthony Davis good. <laughs> he's so good, <laughs> and I mean. 
the storyline to follow basically with this team is Anthony Davis. If he can stay healthy, uh, this might be the year that he finally just is consistently in that legitimate MVP conversation after having a career year last year of 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 2.6 blocks, all while shooting 53% from the field. Um, those are those are those are numbers right there. <laughs> They're pretty good numbers. I mean, this is. I mean, we know he's we top had five. Anthony, yeah, we had Anthony Davis in our MVP conversation after Demarcus Cousins went out. I mean, he was in everyone's MVP conversation, right? Even though everyone thought it was like clearly James Harden's gonna win, but once Cousins went out and Davis just took over this team almost seamlessly. Right. It it just seemed like like this guy is an is such a valuable player. Like how he has to be in the running for it. Right. So and I mean Giannis has stolen a lot of his thunder as that as the forefront big man uh, for MVP talk. But I th- I think that that's you know, I think yeah, that, Anthony Davis yeah Anthony Davis deserves that spot. I think it's almost a crime that uh, two guards have won MVP the last two years with Anthony Davis still in the league and. Russell Westbrook definitely deserved it. <laughs> that, I'm, I mean, yeah, yeah, the triple-double was insane, but, I mean, Anthony Davis is good. I mean, I, I just can't – while doing research for this, I'm just like, how is this guy – I mean, how, how how has he not gone to the Western Conference Finals? Like, how is he – that? how does he fall out of MVP talks uh, through this season? Like, it seems like he's there at the beginning or he's there at the end, but he's never throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, What's gonna be uh, cool to watch too with this team is Drew Holiday's improvement. Right, right, and I haven't like even he, mentioned him. He showed, yeah, he can go to that next level. With like when they went to the playoffs and they swept the Blazers, Drew Holiday just looked like he was on fire. Right, like he looked like a legit All Star in this league. Some a place that I never thought that he'd get to, mm-hmm. especially this fast in his career. So if he can. Get to that level on a more consistent basis during the regular season, like man, that's a one-two punch right there. Yeah, I, I, I like this team. I mean, they got some issues at that three spot, sure, but Etwan Moore, he's okay. He's not bad, but yeah, you have you. He's okay. You got Drew Holiday, Julius Randle shot fifty-six percent from the field last year, which is insane. Um, mm-hmm. and you got Mirotech who shot forty-six percent from three against Portland. He's not gonna keep that up through, throughout the season, but. Just shows you the kind of level that he's at. Uh, so I got this team trending up. Uh, 48 wins. 48 wins. Mm, uh, is it trending up? So Rajon Rondo, I think, is a bigger loss than people might realize. Really? Because he was also huge in that playoff series. You remember? Right. You remember that playoff series? The Blazers, he was orchestrating that offense so well. I think... Like, it was a thing of beauty, man. Right. I mean, and I think, sure, they'll miss that. Uh, but I don't think it'll be as as significant as you as you think, as you're making it out to be. Oh, you're replacing him with Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton's not who bad. Who did cut his hair. He's not bad. He did cut his hair. So there's a chance that he's not as bad as he was before. <laughs> but, yeah, he's not, he's not as smart as savvy a player as Rajon Rondo is. So right. that's a downgrade. So I'm going to put them as trending even They're They're like the same team. Right. So, so I kind of, so I have them trending up, but I still gave them 48 wins just because of the sheer competitiveness of this Western conference. I, I think they're a better team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with the same number of wins. So okay. are we agreeing with the number of wins then? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, but you're looking at the outcome. so. I can see how it, that would still be trending up, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to this. This team's very interesting too. The Mavericks. Yeah. Um, they had not too many additions, but the additions they did have could prove to be very interesting pieces for them, both for the future and for the present day. Um, their big free agent signing, DeAndre Jordan, uh, finally getting his way. Finally making uh, his way to Dallas. Yes. The way, the way he wanted it to be back in 2015 until Blake Griffin, uh, just came in and ruined that whole plan for him. But he finally gets his wish. And then the big one, they drafted Luka Doncic, the six foot eight wonder boy. That guy's gonna be a big uh, deal. Yeah. yeah, 19 year old Luka Doncic. Um, that will be one of the most intriguing stories to watch as the NBA season starts next month. Mm-hmm. I think all eyes are gonna be on this kid, even with DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley being drafted before this guy. I think the hype surrounding Doncic is way higher than either of those two at this point. Are you pretty excited to watch this guy on? Who? Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic? Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that dynamic between him and Dennis Smith Jr. is going to work out. Um, They obviously also added, who is this Giannis' brother at the 60th pick? The very last pick. (laughs) I'm not sure if this guy's going to make the roster, but... Probably the, not. The name, the, the only reason he was drafted was for the name value. You see Ansa Dacumpo, you're like, oh, whoa, right. I'm, but it, he's more than likely not going to make the roster. They did. Well, who will make the roster though is Jalen Brunson at 33, who they drafted in the beginning of the second round, uh, point guard from Villanova, mm-hmm. who played really well for them in the tournament. Um, he he's a smart guy too, so he's going to be backing up uh, Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. Um, on that from that bench roll for the point guard and then Ray Spalding, uh heir to the Spalding basketball throne. <laughs> Is he really? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, I thought wow, you you looked that up or you found that fact. That's pretty You, you know, I didn't even look up if that was true or not. I just thought that'd be funny to say. This is interesting. This is like an if entire <laughs> um class just entering this team. I mean right. what's crazy is that a lot of these kids they had to have been born like before Dirk Nowitzki's rookie year. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah, forty-year-old Dirk, man, still hanging on. Yeah, and he's. Uh, do you think he'll be on the starting lineup for this team? Well, let's see. Who did they add? Anybody worth taking his spot? No, I mean, no, that's it. That's uh, most of the people was just the drafts, and then DeAndre Jordan coming in. Uh, they lost Kyle Collinsworth, Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, Doug McDermott, who might have started a power forward. For them, and then uh, Jonathan Motley and Nerlens Noel. No, Dirk is going to keep starting. There's, yeah, there's really nobody. There's no to one t- else for him. Yeah, unless you go ultra small here. Duh. Yeah, so their possibility, like they could play a small ball lineup, which probably won't work every game. Where they have they have Dennis Smith Jr. and Doncic at the guard positions, obviously in either scenario. But then instead of Harrison Barnes and Dirk. At the forward positions, you would throw in Wesley Matthews at the small forward and Harrison Barnes at power forward right. with DeAndre at center. Um, I, that's probably just not enough size to match up every on a night in night out basis. I mean, that- um, but it is a possibility, and it is it probably will be utilized to help Dirk be able to last through the whole season at least. Right. I mean, Harrison um, Barnes would, yeah. did play that four positions for. I mean, he was a member of the original death lineup. Like that's. 
I yeah. don't know if you remember when that term was coined, like that included Harrison Barnes, not Kevin Durant. Right. It's <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, they replaced Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. Right. So, I mean, just for context, I guess, because I guess with Kevin Durant, we probably should have renamed it to the Super Death lineup or something. Yeah, the Mega Death lineup. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is an intriguing team, though. I mean, DeAndre Jordan is probably one of the best centers in the league still. Uh, averaged over 15 rebounds a game last year. Right. Something absurd. And then you bring in Doncic, who one of the best playmakers, young playmakers we've seen coming out in recent years. Um, pairing up with Dennis Smith Jr., who got all of the preseason hype last year for his summer league performance. Everyone was singing his praises and how he's going to be the steal of the draft and the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up being pretty underwhelming, only shooting 39.5% from the floor. And when you bring Doncic in, I mean, this guy's going to have a lot of space to work with, Dennis Smith Jr. is. And so he's going to have to improve his shooting. And as is Harrison Barnes, the X factor here for me. Yeah. He was probably the X factor last year. I'd have to look back. I think so. I think I did this because I remember, well, maybe I didn't, but Harrison Barnes was a guy that I was pretty high on. I thought he was going to be a great NBA player. And he is a good NBA player, but he's not. I think I think there was definitely expectations were a little bit too high for him, I think, at this point. Yeah, no one expected him to be worth that max contract that the Mavericks offered him. We all thought that was kind of crazy right. when that happened. But he had a good first year with them. He averaged like 19 points a game, only like three rebounds and two assists. But this was the last year was the year where you're like, okay, you've, you've um, cemented yourself the starting role for this team. Where you're gonna just be the guy, you know? Yeah, like the they're first getting option, old, for like, sure. You have to be the first option, and he responded by not improving in any of his metrics at all. <laughs> um, he had a worse field goal percentage, a worse free throw percentage last year than the year before. He had a little less points, and he had more turnovers per game. And that that is not what you want from a guy that's going to be 26 years old going into the season. He should be nothing but improving right, right now, and he just disappointed completely last year so you you got a reverse ship right now yeah Harrison Barnes I mean if he plays into himself and gets up to at least 20 points and as a number one option can shoot closer to 50 percent that I mean that still doesn't make this Dallas Mavericks team a playoff team no but it gives them a little bit more respect I think and not, a little more respect. Because, <laughs> I mean... Not not that that's saying much, though, because they're nowhere near the playoffs with what they have. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, the Dallas Mavericks want to think they're in playoff position. And, I mean, why would you not? I mean, you you have decent players here in DeAndre Jordan. Um, Harrison Barnes seems like he could be a better player. You still have Dirk. He's okay. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., another year. So, you think this team, which it is, it's getting better, but you would think it's knocking at the playoff door, but... I don't think it's close. Yeah, maybe in the East. Maybe in the East. Right. They could, but they're going to be facing way tougher teams more often. Harrison Barnes, if this team wants to do anything significant, he's going to have to average 25 points a game. Yeah, That's I agree. just the way it has to be. Like, 20 points is not going to do it. Like, that's way too minimal improvement for this guy. He's got he's to gotta just break the wall down. Yeah, and honest 25 points, like... Yeah, an honest 25 like points. Like, no garbage time yeah. bull crap. Yeah. So, I mean, despite all the negatives, this team, I think, is trending up. 
because the two additions of Doncic and Jordan make them much better than last year. I mean, year. it has to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like it's very hard to do better than last year, but I'm going to give them 33 wins this year. That's a good number. I mean, I don't really think it matters all that much. The the, really the bottom <laughs> line is that they're getting better. They're not going to I don't they shouldn't only win 20. If they only win 24 games, this is a disaster. Um Oh yeah, for sure. I think they hit the 30 win mark as well. From there, it doesn't matter. I think it's still less than 35. So I'm with you then on 33. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that just leaves your your favorite team besides the Lakers, Alan. The Memphis Grizzlies, grit and grind, <laughs> might be back. Or it might not. This is an intriguing team. No, it might not. <laughs> this is an intriguing team, I think, because... I think with Dallas, we Dallas we saw what Harrison Barnes is capable of. We don't know what Luka Doncic can can do, but he's a rookie, so most likely he'll underwhelm a little bit. The expectations are high, but I think he'll underwhelm. And with time, maybe he'll be a better player. But the Grizzlies here uh, had a horrendous season, but we know exactly why they had a horrendous season. It's Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol weren't there, so this team. Well, Gasol was there, just not. Uh, he was there physically, just not mentally. Or spiritually, I would say. <laughs> or spiritually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so this team brings both of these guys back. Um, they added a great rookie piece here um, with Jaron Jackson Jr., the man who seems to just be able to block every single shot. At least that's what it looked like in the summertime, mm. whether that will be in the regular season. We'll see. But this team added a couple pieces, Amari Caspi, Kyle Anderson being their bigger piece, Shelvin Mack, and Garrett Temple, who would be an intriguing 3 and D piece for them. Their big departures, uh, Tyreek Evans was a guy that they signed to a very, very value contract last year, and it ended up paying off big for them. He had a great year. He was good, yeah. Uh, I would have loved for them to bring him back, but for whatever reason, it just didn't work out, so he's an Indiana Pacer now. Um, ben McLemore, uh, nothing to miss there. A dude who had a lot of promise coming out of the draft, but has just uh, underwhelmed his entire NBA career. Uh, the draft picks, Jaron Jackson Jr., one and a half blocks average a, a game this summer. Uh, this dude's long. He's athletic. Uh, and he showed he can shoot the three, too. Right. There's a lot that this guy can do, and there's a lot of promise here. And, and finally, could it be that the Memphis Grizzlies have finally drafted the right player for themselves outside of just <laughs> uh, from their draft history? Two names that jump out is just Mike Conley and uh, Paul Gasol. Yeah, good ones for sure, but far and in between. Right. And the biggest issue with this team is going to come down to health. Uh, Mike Conley's returning now, but does that mean he'll be here all NBA year? Uh, well, we got to hope for we got to hope for if this Grizzlies team is going to make any noise this NBA NBA season. So just with those returns, um, I'm going to say this team is trending up. I I mean, this team only got 22 wins last year. So if Mike Conley only <laughs> plays like just basically 30 games more, then they gotta, they've got they got to be a much better team. And that starting five is Mike Conley, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Marcus Saul. Um, and the storyline to follow here. Is this, is there enough grit and grind left in this machine? Can this team cause a major upset in the wild, wild west? Can they sneak into that eight seed and upset uh, somebody's playoff hopes? So I used to not like the Grizzlies very much. The reason being is because they'd always face the Clippers in the playoffs <laughs> and give us a hard time and beat us sometimes. We, we sometimes got the better of them, but... 
they they just annoyed the hell out of me <laughs> as a Clipper fan because like oh man they just didn't seem like they should be as good as they were but they are first team all defense baby and, yep first team all defense and he's unfortunately gone yeah um but the first team all defense is gone but Mike Conley man he made this team out the gates last year look like they were actually gonna make the playoffs that's right that's right they had a great start last year. Yeah, they th- and this was not a case of like the Orlando Magic where they just fooled us completely. <laughs> like this team, I think actually has a good chance of being a playoff team, exceeding that 500 mark that we're kind of giving them right now. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm gonna agree with you, I think they're pretty close to 500. Like Mike Conley is such an underrated player in this league, and if he's healthy, which he should be, I'm pretty sure he's good to start the season. Yeah. Um. Like, he's just able to lead a team so well. And he's been so consistent over the few years before he got hurt. Yeah. I, I imagine he's been working really hard to come back, and he's going to be hungry as ever. Yeah. And all you, all you did, you had Kyle Anderson, who's a great defensive piece. You added Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, the block machine, you said it <laughs> yourself. I mean, that that's that bodes well for their defense, too. So I think, I think there's been a little spark that's been ignited for grit and grind and since they haven't really been a Clippers rival for a few years, I'm I'm gonna be rooting for them too. Okay, what do you got them at? Trending up as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them 41 and 41. 40 right at 500. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. I got them at 42, just slightly above. Uh, another great tidbit of news for this team is they're now heading towards the last year of that Chandler Parsons contract. Oh yes, that will be yeah, that will be quite a freeing, satisfying feeling for them. I'm sure. What a disaster there! Yeah, he's not gonna. Yeah, we're not even gonna mention how <laughs> he can contribute this year. <laughs> it's 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 tempting to add him as the X factor, but no, no. that's no. He's just a non-factor. Yeah. Anyways, to close off the podcast, LeBron James teased something today, and that's that Space Jam Two is actually something that's going to happen. Um, it's happening. Ryan Coogler, I think is how you pronounce that. Is that yeah. Uh, who directed mm-hmm. Black Panther will be serving as a producer for the Space Jam, for Space Jam 2. And there are rumors that potentially Michael Jordan will make an appearance. For now, that's all that's known. But hopefully in the next coming months and weeks, we start hearing some more news of Space Jam 2. Yeah, I'm really excited that this is finally happening. I mean, we've heard about it for like what over a year now at least um and to hear that ryan coogler is going to produce it i mean black panther is one of my favorite movies of recent years so you gotta imagine that there's gonna be some magic going on here it's gonna make it this movie really good and not just like a a spoof slash sequel to the first space jam right i wonder if we'll see any other laker make an appearance here maybe Lonzo Ball appearance? Perhaps a Kobe? No, stop. Why? Why would Lonzo... <laughs> no. <laughs> LeBron... Um, I mean, yeah, I guess they're on the same team. But there's no way. There's just no way he'd let Lonzo be in the spotlight. Maybe Lance him. Stevenson. My question is, when does LeBron have time to sleep? Like, I just don't know how he has enough rest to be, like, the amazing athlete he is. He's training all day. He's in... He's practicing, he's scrimmaging with the Lakers, you see the videos. Yeah. He's producing a movie, and he's running a school in Akron, <laughs> and he has a family. Like, how does he do all of these things? It doesn't It doesn't even compute, man. He's superhuman. No idea. Maybe we'll 
we'll run an investigative piece and broadcast it on our podcast to, to find <laughs> yeah, out. Good. Yeah. Good call. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Catch us next week. We'll we'll be breaking down. What division should we break down next? Sean, you think? Ooh, well, so we've gone through two of the Western divisions and only one of the Eastern divisions. So I think I think it's about time we go back east, wouldn't you say? I think so. Should we do? Let's see. What's should we do? The Central Division. Central Division sounds good to me. All right. Next week we'll be doing the Central Division. Catch us then. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week, everyone.